All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Humble and Hungry Podcast featuring DaVinci Jordan. As always, your host, Brandon. And DaVinci, uh, a bit of a pivot today. Normally, we talk to athletes mm-hmm. about their experience and their yep. journeys, but we're kind of flipping the script here and going on the coach side of it. Yeah. Uh, going to get a little bit of a, an idea of what it's like maybe coaching these athletes, these divas, the hard workers, everything in between. Yes, sir. I think it's important. You know, we, we talk to so many athletes, but I wanted to give a different perspective um, in this episode. I... I brought on one of my closest friends, uh, Jeremy Cole, um, who's been in this industry for a number of years, who is now the head strength and conditioning coach at the University of Buffalo, who has a journey on his own that I want to dive into or talk about. I think, you know, we hear so many athletic stories about their journey, how they get to where they're at. I think it's, 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 we need to hear a different perspective now, you know, from us as performance coaches, strength coaches how we get to the levels that we're at and, and, and why we're able to do the things that we can do to help athletes get to where they want to go to. So I brought my boy Jay Cole on, Jeremy Cole. Uh, what's up, Jay? What's up, man? I'm glad you're glad to be here. Thanks for bringing me on, man. You I appreciate it. You can appreciate smile it. a little bit, man. You know, show, them, show those pretty teeth, man. <laughs> you see, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> No, I'm glad to be blessed. I'm blessed and I'm fortunate to be here and, um, you know, whatever I can do. You know, to sprinkle some, um, you know, knowledge or even just some experience of life and things that I've gone through to help be a blessing to someone out there, you know, so they can bless other people. Tell us about yourself, man. How did you decide to go this route for yourself? How did you decide to say, hey, I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach versus being a a football player at the professional level? What made you take this route? Wow, man. You know, Number one, I, I feel like the, the kind of like the profession chose me. Um, um, I kind of always been around the weight room and lifting um, to kind of give you like a little bit of a background for me growing up. Uh, my father played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, played in National League for 11 years, was a former first round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1977. Um, so as a young boy, for me, being around the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, number one, I got to see the very best. Right. I mean, L.C. Greenwood, the Mean Joe Green, the Jack Lambert, the Jack Ham. I got to see the very best. And I mean, so for me, that's all I ever knew. Um, walking around, being a little boy, was seeing the best from, you know, the male blunts and the people that, you know, just a phenomenal organization and still to this day. Right. And so being around, I got to see guys that trained. I mean, that trained hard. And, um, you know, it just really was a privilege and it was an honor and it was a blessing. Um, so like being around that and growing up, seeing people train, I kind of was always just drawn to it. Um, and then probably when I got to high school, um, my, my high school football coach, um, his best friend was Jeff Connors, who was a former head transitioning coach, longtime head transitioning coach, North Carolina, ECU, mm-hmm. and a number of places, you know, just started getting turned on to like, okay, the aspects of training, different things like that. Right. And then... When I was in high school, my um, my high school football coach, his family or cousins, I mean, they were like distance family, but I mean, friends, some certain way or form, um, was at West Virginia. And I got to be able to go travel over there to the University of West Virginia. I got to really sit in with Al Johnson at the time, the long time West Virginia head strength conditioning coach. And then from there, I, mean, I just kind of like just started getting really drawn to it. And then I went to a camp in 1996 where I saw where um, Matt Brown just left the University of North Carolina and went to Texas. And I got to see um, 
a guy by the name of George Bulldog Smith, who was the head strength conditioning coach down at the University of North Carolina. And it was like those three people pretty much, and then the experiences of just growing up, pretty much set the tone of like, okay, kind of kind of drawn to this strength and conditioning thing. Yeah. So from there, I ended up going to college, and I went to a D2 school. Mm-hmm. All right. When I got to the D2 school, my head strength and conditioning coach at the time was Cal Dietz. Uh-oh. So a lot of people out here that know strength and conditioning know Cal Dietz. Right. Uh, Walking around with that uh, bag and taking all them vitamins. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but from Triphasic, you know, he, you know, all the things that he's done, he speaks everywhere. Yeah. He's world I mean, he's at the University of Minnesota now, um, you know, with Olympic sports, women's hockey. I mean, he does so much in the profession. So that was my strength coach in college when I first got the door. So I had those four experiences with longtime great pioneer strength coaches, experience of growing up. And then I got around Coach Dietz. <clears throat> It was just like, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah, like he 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 is just on a different level, man. I um I interned for him for a summer, and I got a chance at firsthand to see how he works. And you know, he's a guy that has a method to his madness, and yeah. um, on just so many different levels, right? You know, with the whole triphasic phase and the block training systems that he's created out here, um, he is a, a world renowned world renowned guy where. You know, if you're getting into this business and you need to learn something, he's a he's a great study, a great guy who has a lot of good content out here for you to read. Yeah. And I think the thing about Deeds, too, is just he's a phenomenal person. And yeah. He's a real person. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he can talk with the best of them, and he, he can just d- dummy it down and just be a real guy and just talk, you know, straightforward. I think that's what I've always respected about him with me. I mean, you know, you're talking about in 2000, you know, I was a freshman, and you talk about the dynamic of, like, a lot of the things that he had in his book, Triphase, and all those things that he was doing. I mean, I tell people all the time, I was, like, the guinea pig for that. That's before right. he went to Minnesota. So, he, I mean, we were doing a lot of that stuff at Finley, and I was just, like, I was very fortunate because I try to tell people a lot of times, like, a lot of those methods that you see in those books, I mean, he was putting us through it. And, and think about um, it, and what people don't know is that it never changes, like, what we do now has been around for hundreds of years, right? It's just how we apply it to the human body. And that's what, yeah, that's yeah. what these guys don't understand. Like, you got so many newer strength coaches out here that are trying to reinvent the wheel. You don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel. You just have to understand how it applies to the human body. Oh, yeah. And things change, you know, this and that, depending on the teams you train, the athletes you train. But, yeah, basically, you know, the foundational, fundamental things of how to you know, train. I mean, like you said, they're the, the, and they've been around, you know, right. It's not like you're reinventing anything. I mean, you might have a different format or different layout or a different way to execute, but yeah, you know, it's been around. There's a lot of things have been around. So tell so, me about your first college job. So your first college experience being a strength coach. Tell me about that. My first college job. Yep. Okay, um, you know, it's so funny. Back in 1940? Uh, no, nah, my first college job was at the uh, University of Kansas with a guy by the name of Chris Dawson, who's the head strength conditioning coach at UCF right now. Okay. And um, so basically, it's it's crazy because I had three job interviews um, when I left Indianapolis Colts as an intern. Um, I was there with Tony Dungy in um, 2005. So I ended up leaving the Colts 
And um, I had three job interviews. One is one of my great mentors and friends, Andrew Swayze at the University of Miami. Mm -hmm. The other one at Iowa with Chris Doyle. And the other one was with Coach Dawson. Excuse me. So those were my three job interviews I had. And I mean, you know, I, I wanted to go to Miami, but <laughs> at the time, it was just, that wasn't happening. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you didn't go to Miami. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> you probably would be sitting there right now if you were at Miami yeah, I, at first. Yeah, I'd probably be sitting here right now. <laughs> um, but um, ended up making my way and finding my way to Kansas. And I worked with uh, uh, Coach Dawson, who was a phenomenal uh, strength coach, a uh, great friend of mine. Um, works his tail off, um, just a leader of men. Mm -hmm. And um, that first job really taught me a lot because one of my best friends, who's an assistant strength coach at the University of Texas, Joe Vaughn, um, you know, we got to really just be a really – Coach Dawson really let allowed us to be hands-on, got to mm -hmm. train some different teams. Mm -hmm. um, I was also there with a, a female strength coach that's world-renowned named Andrea Hootie. Mm -hmm. We've been around a lot of places. She was there with us. Um, and it, it was, it was just phenomenal. It was a great experience. It was a great experience. And I got this, you know, there's a, a number of strength coaches that were there at that particular time. Yeah. Um, but, um, it was great. Um, going at the university of Kansas taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about the grind because we didn't necessarily have the so-called, I guess, God given talent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, lead to believe. And I was at the time in the big 12 with, Texas being Texas at the time and Oklahoma being Oklahoma at the time with Adrian Peterson and all this stuff that was going on. Um, but we, we, we fought like heck and that really taught me how to really, really just, okay, you develop guys, you have a system and they have a way of doing things and you stick to that culture, you stick to that system. Yeah. You can win. And um, the year after I left, I was only there a year, but the year after I left, they went to, they won the orange bowl. Mm -hmm. So I was there to get to see, you know, that dynamic of, how to do more with less. I mean, right. we didn't have offensive analysts. We didn't have all these defensive analysts. We had full-time coaches, um, um, you know, and we had two interns and we had four strength coaches. I remember we had wow. the smallest, we had the smallest staff I've ever been a part of in my coaching profession. So were you just over football or were you over other sports too? I was with football. I did some cheer. I helped with basketball. Um, I did women's golf. You know, so I worked with a number of sports. Yeah, out. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, football was my sport. So let's speed up. How did you meet Fleck, and how did you get to the Gophers? Oh, uh, I met Coach Fleck. Coach Fleck, uh, uh, PJ Fleck was um, he was um, the wide receiver coach at Rutgers for Coach Yano. Wow. That's how I met Coach Fleck. Okay. And you were a strength coach at Rutgers, right? Right. I was a strength coach at Rutgers for nine years. Yep. And uh, I was I was um, I was an assistant um, first, and then I was the head strength coach for four years. And okay. I, you know, him into the Big Ten. So I was a privilege and an honor. Wow, so yeah. you've had you've had quite the journey, and now, you know, and I'm sorry to speed up a little bit more because like there's so much that we could talk about for hours and hours, and you know, for sake of the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to get a lot in. You know, I remember when you called me that day, you said, hey, I'm leaving to go to University of Buffalo. I'm like, what? What? What are you talking about? It's you not know? cold enough in Minnesota. He needed something colder. Right. I'm like, you, you, you just been here for a hot minute, man. Are you leaving already? You know, um, 
how does that happen? Like in this industry, do you guys like, you know, do another coach gets hired? He likes what you're doing. Is it through relationships? Like how does that work? Um, it's a little bit of both. I mean, number one, I mean, you, you're going to get hired because of the relationship you have with people. Right. At the same time, when, you, when you're working on a staff, you know, you're always – we, we just use this line. We say every day is an interview. You know, mm-hmm. people see how you work every single day. And sometimes, you know, and at times, those assistant coaches or coordinators that have the opportunity to move forward and go take head coaching jobs, um, they remember the people that, that I would say that really left their impression on them. And uh, right. for me, the situation was Coach uh, Coach Mo Link was here at the University of Buffalo. We worked together for that year. And for whatever reason or however I did it, it left an, uh, an impression on him. And right. um, he ended up taking the job here at the University of Buffalo. He called me. And I remember nice. when he called me, it was like, you know, people that's in the strength world know that we're up early. Right. And I mean, he called 5.15 a.m. And, um, and um, he was like, you come." And I was like, yeah, I'm coming. So it was, you know, opportunity to go back to be a head strength coach, an opportunity to work for someone that, you know, um, when you talk about the dynamics of culture, the dynamics of how to mold young men, the dynamics of how to build young men, the yeah. dynamics of how to uh, run an organization and a program. You know, we I feel like we saw eye to eye on a lot of those things. And um, so when he called, it was like, for me, it was a no-brainer. Because just like how he probably watched me, I watched him too. Uh, he's at the University of Minnesota, and how he mm-hmm. ran his business, how he coached his position group, and things of that nature. So, for me, it was like a no-brainer when he called. Wow! But yeah, that's, that's through relationships and through people just seeing how you work. I was gonna say two things. One, didn't we have an athlete just at Buffalo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't there then. Oh, just he missed. was just coming in. That was gotcha. Roy. Roy Baker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is like. Jesus, it sounds like Jeremy, you gotta like be packed at all times. It's like you guys like these opportunities just pop up and it's like in or out, like boom, I'm off to from oh. Rutgers to Minnesota, now to Buffalo, and it's just like there's always a new opportunity around the corner. Yeah, I mean, you know what, uh, uh Brandon, I would say this. You know, you uh, there used to be a line coaches say, you say you create your own luck by how hard you work and the things that you do in life. And then, you know, and I believe that, you know, I, I feel like there are opportunities out there, but I've always been one to trust and believe in God for mm-hmm. the right up. Because I will tell you this, I'm all about fit. And if it don't fit, it's not going to work. And I'm not saying that you're not going to have uh, situations or uh, job opportunities that, you know, might not be, I guess when I say the perfect situation or whatever, but because everybody got to go through situations for whenever that right situation for them really presents itself that you mm-hmm. are ready. Right. So you got to go through the growing pains of, you know, coming up in a profession, whatever you may be doing. You right. Know, for me, I've been able to be the intern. I've been able to be the assistant. I've been able to be a GA. I've been able to do all these little things. So when I became, you know, I got to this position of being a head guy, I'm able to relate to everybody on my staff. So you paid your one, dues. I paid my dues. Like, it's not one hey. thing a, a GA is going to tell me that, oh, man, you don't understand what I'm going through. Like, look. Like, I remember sleeping in my car. I remember sleeping man. on couches. Sleeping Preach. On floors. Like, they're not, they're not, they're not, they don't come to me and tell me nothing like that. Like, go, like, go tell that to somebody else. Right. You know, so for me, you know, that position, 
Number one, I'm, I'm, I'm able to relate. And number two, I'm humbled. And number three, I'm able to really, I guess what I'd say, put forth the right example for the right. right. Um, so, and you know, when you're going through all those things coming up in the profession, you know, you don't, you know, yeah, you have your ups and your downs and you don't think about it then, but you know, but now when you look back, it's all worth it. You know, you you remind me of something where I have to touch base on is that, you know, God rewards the consistent faithful, right? And guys like us, you know, I'm 42, and even looking at the the younger generation today, they have this microwave effect, right? Everybody wants it right now. And they don't understand that we've been the guys who we call it get it out the mud, right? Like, we've been the interns. We work for people. I haven't gotten paid gotten paid it's never enough got family you got to make quick decisions what am i going to do but we stay consistent to our craft because we knew that was our calling no doubt you know i tell people all the time you know when i told my place here when i got here i had a meeting with all of them i said my purpose in life is to help other people find theirs Mm. my purpose at the university at buffalo is to help build a championship program by building championship people first and i was very clear and very direct I said, do you understand what I just said and how I said it and what particular order I said it in? Right. So they had clarity on exactly why I was sitting and why I was in this role and why I was in this position. Right. Because I, I was letting them know that I wasn't I wasn't here to do a job. I wasn't put here necessarily in a sense because of just the job. I was put here because of my calling. Right. My calling and my purpose. Tell so me about I your was, typical day, man. Talk about your typical. What is your typical day like? Uh, my typical day, um, I wake up about four or five. I get to work. Um, for me, I like to get to work, you know, where it's nice and quiet for anybody gets here. And what I do, kind of like I take about like a two and a half mile walk just to get my head right. Um, and I just basically just kind of like look out, look at the whole day on the dynamics of the whole entire day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that around about 4.50 for about 30, 30 minutes. And then I come in and I... I usually, I, um, I read, um, also I'll have a couple, um, devotionals that I send out to my, some of my favorite people. Yeah. I, I get it. them every morning. I appreciate that. Every morning no when doubt. I wake up, it's right there on my phone. You know, I need it. No doubt. So, um, I send out those, I make it and I'm intentional about sending that out because, yeah. you know, and I say that because a lot of people don't understand, like, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be, you're going to need help along this road. And along yes, this sir. Journey. Make no mistake about it. And there are going to be people that come and go. Mm-hmm. And when you're hot, a lot of people are going to want to talk to you. When you're cold, no one's going to talk to you. Right. So I'm very intentional about when I meet great people like DaVinci and like other people that's coming in on my life that, you know, that I, I really, really honor that. And I'm really, really um, grateful for it. Man, um, you know, so for touching me, on that. I'm going to be touching that real quick. I'm going to let you get back to that because this is an important point that I think people need to understand. In life, when you meet certain people that can add something to your life like you, Jay, you have to have a group of people that are better than you or just as good as you that you can talk to and confide in to help build you as a person. I think that is so important because I've called you so many different times where either I was either frustrated or I needed to talk to somebody to confide in and you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. You told me what I needed to hear, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have people in your corner that do that for you, especially on the journey that we're on and growing the way we grow as men. And I think as men, we're not 
we don't know how to be open to be vulnerable to each other to say, hey, man, I'm not okay. I'm not having a great day. I just need to talk to somebody, you know? Right. Right. No, no doubt. No doubt, man. I'm, 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 I completely agree with, with you, everything you're saying 1000%. I mean, you know, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have, you know, those days and those moments where almost those moments where I, I really, I, I really, um, when you talk about the younger generation, I feel like sometimes they'll have moments in their life or storms or seasons. Mm-hmm. That's a better way of putting it. I like to use seasons in their life. And they'll sometimes let that those things derail them from their career mm-hmm. and from their passions. And they got to really understand, like, some, like, you need to go through those things to really find out if that's what you really want to do and love to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't go through those things... You, you never will find out if that's really what you really truly want to do and love to do. This right. is like a relationship. How do you know you're really with the person that you love is when you go through those things. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like a lot of people are like, ah, oh, I'm walking away from this. I don't want to do this no more. That's not the career for me. What, because you just went through one season? <laughs> like, right. what do you And I think that when people kind of find that and it clicks for them, those hard times actually don't really seem that hard because you're willing to put up with it or you're willing to deal with it or you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. So I I found that in my own life and professions and things. It's like, if you find something that you really love or it clicks with you, like the adversity doesn't almost seem like adversity sometimes or it just seems extremely manageable because you're like, oh, well, that's no problem. We'll just figure this out and then we'll be back to like doing the good side Mm -hmm. of it too. Mm -hmm. So I, I, th- I definitely have like, I think we can all see that too and stuff like that. And that's actually probably as we get to talk to professional athletes and things like that, I think that's usually like, we just talked to Quentin and we just talked to, to Buddy Beheim, and they're both had like inflection points where they had every reason in the world to quit. But for them, like, it just wasn't an option. They were just mm-hmm. like, well, no, I just, I kept going. And you're like, how did you know? Like the odds were stacked against you. Like, well, I don't know. I just, I had to. So I did. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, and that's important. I think I think the positions that we're at, we're dealing with so many young men and women in life that that face so much adversity, and it seems like it's the end. That moment seems like it's the end. I was talking to one of our strength coaches today, and he's just dealing with a lot. I said, "Listen, I said you are only given enough for today." He said, "And the Bible says my grace is made sufficient for today." And 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 I think that we tend to forget that. We put so much, as human beings, we put so much on our plate. We worry about last week. We worry about what we're going to do the rest of the week. I'm like, dude, let's just focus on the moment. That's why my tagline is always called win today. Like, we just have to focus on now, what we can control right now. Yeah. <clears throat> no doubt. Um, I, 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 like, the two things that I always look at, too, like, you know, from a professional standpoint, um, that kind of, like, keeps me – um, I guess what I would say, you know, on that straight path is number one, you gotta have the ability. Mm-hmm. You gotta have, you gotta have balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to have balance. If you don't have balance, I, I don't care who you are. You're just, you're going to burn out. Something's you're going to burn out. Right. Right. Number two, I always tell people, you gotta have the ability to filter. You gotta be able to filter, especially now there's so much stuff out there. Just like from training, you know, you get 20 of the same thing put in mm-hmm. your lap. Right. And, it's just, and you don't know what product you want to go with, what company you want to use, this and that. You gotta you just gotta have the ability to filter what's real, what's not real mm-hmm. out here. Because there's so much out here that's thrown at you. Right. 
And um, so those two things, like I've, I've told people, and then I also, I tell people all the time in this profession, you got to be able to establish and create boundaries with people. Mm. Everybody doesn't need to know every single thing about you. Some mm-hmm. people this much about you. Some people need to know that like, you got to be able to create boundaries in relationship because if you don't, you'll spend so much time putting your energy into so many people mm. that you will have energy for what, the, for what you really need it for. Right. You'll let, you'll let people just suck it out of you. And you'll be like, right. man, give all that energy to that particular situation, that particular person. You got to have boundaries and you got to know who that is and what, you know, when that is. And that takes experience too. Right, right. Culture, balance, and establishing boundaries. I, those are the three things that I, along this journey and of my life and up until now, that I was like, I, I look at all the time. So now we're going to get back to a little bit about football. Has the game changed that much since the portal came into play? Well, yes, significantly. You're not supposed to say the P word to college coaches. Oh, sorry. Sister, you know. You know I hear, what I'm saying? I hear the portal is very divisive when talking to college programs. Well, I mean, I just think the dynamic is just the dynamic. is just it's, it's now it's more like a pro system. But you're dealing with kids that necessarily, necessarily don't understand that the dynamics of being a pro and the pressures of being a pro. But now that dynamic is, is, is on the collegiate level. Right, right. Of, there's a, that's why they're kids. Number one, a lot of kids, like we talked, we just talked about the dynamic of going through seasons in your life and adversity in your life. A lot of kids, as soon as they don't get what they want, they'll pick up and leave. Exactly. You know, because they just, they're still, they're still living life off the of feeling. Everybody's right. supposed to feel a certain way. If it doesn't feel this way, then I feel like I need to go. Well, right. you, you haven't even done nothing, not through enough storms in your life to know that you don't even know. Like we right. say, you don't know that you don't know. Right, right, right. That's true. You you haven't gone through enough of those things, of those up and downs, to say, how do I ever build perseverance if all I do is quit when things get hard? Mm. How do I build grit? How do I overcome? Like, I don't get, I don't even understand because I've never had to do it because I've never had to stay there and fight for what I really want. And a lot of that now, you know, there's that dynamic. You know, there's the dynamic of, you know, you know, far as what we do is strength conditioning, I mean, come on, let's talk about development. If I transfer three different schools, which is not uncommon necessarily per se right now in four or five years for most for a lot of these kids and will not be uncommon as we move forward, I've had three strength coaches that do it three three different ways. Right. Look at my development. Right. That's why I still look like a high school sophomore. Like, I mean, come on now. Right. That's true. You know, like some will be able to get away with it because they have better, more God-given talent and a better skill set, but a lot of them won't. And a lot of them, you know, could probably, you know, the, and the ones who kind of still stay and develop, they'll be a lot better further along, longer down the road than those guys right. who just, um, you know. And now you got so, that NIL money. Now the NIL is kicked in. It's just. I know. I wonder what what is more, dis, I shouldn't say disruptive, right? But maybe what has been more of an impact to you guys as coaching staff. Do so you feel like it's NIL where, now they're maybe distracted because they're going to go look to, you know, cash a check or is it the portal where they're always looking, could I go somewhere else? Could I make a hop? Well, you know what? I will say with all that, number one, I will say that, and, I, and I'm and i going to be very open and honest about this. I would say with all that, number one, and I know everybody's dynamic is not the same. I would say, you know, you got to educate yourself with all this. And mm-hmm. I would feel like, 
a lot of these kids need to have better support from their parents. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, their parents got to be very stable and understanding that their child is their child and they need to understand that I never go, you need to still understand how to protect your child. Like if you, if you place it like this, if right now we're like, and I am, and everybody's talking about, Oh, you jump for this, you jump for this, this, that all money ain't good money. Right. If I you agree. Jump, you try to say, I want to jump here for 50,000, 65,000, 75,000. And it might be a dynamic that is going to create bad habits. Yep. Um, you know, it's a bad situation. You're not with necessarily the ideal people, but you cashed out for 75,000. Mm-hmm. But that 75,000 prevents you from making maybe 75 million down the road. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? You got I mean, Come on now. And that's where faith comes into play. Yes, sir. And understanding, you know, I mean? you know, you know that you got to go through some things that adversity creates, you know, greatness. And, and we, we've all faced adversity and, and because you got 75,000 doesn't mean you're not going to have adversity. It's just, some, no it's just going to be different. Right. And, you know, new levels, new devils. Right. So, um, but I just know in your shoes, man. And it's funny cause I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I get a chance to work with these athletes and they're coming to me about, Hey, you know, I'm trying to get recruited. Where can I go? You know, who's looking at me? You know, this trainer wants to train me and, and, you know, they want me to do this. And now you get these, 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 these performance coaches who I call up, they do it for the gram. Right. And now in the last five, six years, you have a lot of performance coaches who become positional coaches. And for me, I've been doing it for so long. I know positional stuff, but I'm like, I take a hard stance on that. Just me personally. And I'm not knocking what anybody else does to put food on the table and what they feel like is good for their program. But I kind of shy, shy away from being a positional coach. And the reason why is because, like, I'm a performance coach, not a positional coach. And I'd rather hand a school or a program a better athlete so that you can take and motivate them into what you want versus me spending so many months or so many days trying to coach a certain position. And that might not be even what you want as a position coach. Not just wasted your time and your money. Right. You also, know? also, I've seen it. Like he's not good at throwing the football anyway, so yeah, not yeah, a lot of receiver true. routes. That's true. That, you're right. <laughs> I'm terrible at throwing the football. Yeah. But you I know mean, what I mean. Just what this industry is getting everybody, to. Everybody, everybody has a role. Like I mean, I'm a strength coach who played college football. Right. I'm a strength coach with a father that played football. Football was the family business. Right. For me, I'm probably. Um, I guess I would say. I'm a little bit more aware with, like you said, the positional dynamic. I played DB. I could probably be a DB coach in college right. football. But I'm, I'm, I'm the same with you. Like, if I wanted to do that, I'd be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to be a strength coach for a particular reason. I wanted to be, a, you know, I wanted, I love that whole dynamic of molding men inside and out. Yep. From their, their body, their spirit, you know, all those things. And um, I, so I, I, I went this route. And like, I, and not even went this route, this route, you know, God blessed me with this route. I feel like yeah. he, really put me on the path to be what I am today and um so for me like you said like I don't everybody has their role I feel like that comes down with the insecurity and ego of certain people yep sometimes you know like hey you know I I I, I, I got this kid I want to train you know like you said it's, it's, it's the money you know hey I, I can't let him go I'll yeah I'll just tell them anything just to get the 
have their kid train here, right. this and that. You know, for me, I've never, I never, I never worried because number one, I feel like God's always provided for me. Facts. So worry like that, and I never, you know, really worried about those type of t- particular dynamics. Um, I just always tried to be the best strength coach I possibly could be. I never even got into all these little titles. I still say strength coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people, oh no, I'm a, you know, a applied performance. Da, 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 da. Like yeah, right, human well, changing body effort functional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like, well, whatever. Like I don't know what you know what new titles out today or new whatever, and that's great and all, and it teaches on. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm, I'm just a strength coach. That's all. You know what I mean? Like I said, I mean, do I? And, and I, and I accept everything that comes with that role. Man. I don't, you know. Um, but, and that's a big role. I put it like that. Yeah. I like how uh, you two have like taken different paths because obviously you've taken the private I, I path. Think, I don't yeah. take that light. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think like eventually you took like the private path. Yep. You know, you, you essentially you train athletes in, in high school, middle school, college, like not in an institution. Right. Jeremy's obviously taken that institutional pathway. And clearly at some point when your path split, he's learned to have that deep gravelly strength coach voice that just, yeah. you yeah, can he tell does. he's got that bark. Right. I'm just, I just think it's something that maybe a tool you're missing in your tool belt. I, I might need to get that. I might, let me borrow your voice for a couple of weeks, Jeremy. <laughs> that bark, huh? Yeah, you know what it is. We we relate. That's why we our conversations are so alike. Is because we're I think we're coming from the same perspective, just in different situations, and no and that's why we're so close and we talk all the time. It's because I go to him for a certain counsel, a certain wisdom that I could take back to these kids. There's certain things that I don't know, I don't understand, and also from him, it's like. He's going to have a, only a certain amount of time to work with these athletes, and they're going to go off and go somewhere else. And I want to be in the opposite end where somebody that he can trust and confide into, that can help carry on the same thing that he's giving them now and still be the voice of reason and help keep molding these young men and women along their athletic journeys for the rest of their career. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I, I agree with you. You know, that's why I chose a private route. Private route. I, I thought about going into the school systems, and it, for me, it's always I've always been afraid because, like, I've always felt like the strength coaches always get blamed for everything. You know, oh, yeah. a kid can go get drunk one night and come in hungover and pull his hamstring. We get the blame for it. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's no, just uh, I already know you know the stories. No, you're right. It's a different beast. I mean, you know. Yeah. We can't control what they do outside of here. And then, you know, and then, I mean, you guys both know in this world today, a kid can go talk to a medical professional and make it all confidential. And you don't even know this kid's doing A, B, C, and D. Right. And you're trying to train this kid. And you're like, wait a second. And you're like, you know, you're sitting there like, hey, man, why don't you this, this, that, 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 this. And then these medical people know, and it's all confidential, and you mm-hmm. don't even know. And you're sitting right. there wondering, guy's not getting any gains and then somebody's saying to you hey this guy should be gaining weight lean muscle mass this guy should be doing this why is he not you know improving this and that mm-hmm. and you're like the whole entire time he got a b c and d going on that you don't even know about because it's all confidential right yeah see I and mean, just I, like I, us too you guys, know like I've, known, I've been it, there on a number of levels with that even in a private you know room we deal with so many kids that overtrain 
you know, they'll come to us for one thing, then they go somewhere else and do another thing. And it's like, or, you know, what even gets me is like, you've been having a kid. Let's say we have a kid since high school. We've been training him for the last like four or five years. Then he goes and trains with somebody for a week. Now they take all the credit for his whole athletic career for, for one week. You know, they got a bunch of hype videos out and all this stuff. It's just, it's crazy, man, how, how this industry has gotten. And, you know, you're right, you know, Jay, I control my controllables, man. I stay in my lane and I did what I can. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you know, and that's too, like when somebody comes to you, they're spending their own personal money, usually mm-hmm. their parents or whoever. Yeah. And they know like, hey, that's they're on their tab. Like, you know, in that, my setting, <clears throat> I get a kid here, you know, he's on scholarship. He, he, he may be here and the coach that recruited him to come here may not even be here anymore. Wow. And I'm just with it. You know what I mean? And I don't even know half the stuff, you know? Right. It's just, excuse me. I can't, I can't like, like for you, you can literally have a kid walk in, meet with his mom and dad, meet with his parents. And you could, you could, you know, I, I know you got prices. Yeah. You can look at a kid and be like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with these people. Cause they mm-hmm. come in and show you, you can, you're basically interviewing them as they come in with their kids. Right, anyways. right. Yeah, I'm not dealing with this mom and dad. I'm not right. dealing with I had a meeting with them yesterday. In my setting, I can't do that. So it's a different, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't, like, when we recruit kids, we recruit them. I just got to have my faith and trust and say, hey, okay, this is what I got. And I got to make something out of it. Right. You know, hard. Um, like I said, you, you know, you, you know, it's just different dynamics. I'm not saying right. one's better than no, the I know. other, you know, but like shucks, you know, but like that, that is, that is different. You know, that's very different. Yeah. You know, because you, like I said, and, and you being a professional and you having an eye for what you do in that many yes, aspects, you, you can actually say, hey, you know what, here's the kind of program I'm going to put this kid in because this, this is how much this kid actually wants to get better. Mm-hmm. This kid actually just wants to kind of like, you know, be good in high school. He really doesn't probably maybe want to go to the next level. Now, don't get wrong, you have different groups that you work with. Right. At the same time, you kind of know from working with you. For me, right. you know, like it's different. Like you, you hope to believe that, but every level is different. <laughs> and every kid's different the same way. But like you said, you got to make it work sometimes. Yeah. To some extent, to whatever extent it can, can make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, it's it's really interesting, especially like listen. Do you guys kind of chop it up and go back and forth in different things? But um, I, you know, I think we if if Jeremy's down for it, we might have to go back and and talk more about recruiting next time and things like that. But it's really yeah. fascinating just hearing you know about the different kind of paths and journeys that you know you've been on. Because a lot of people out there. You know, maybe being a professional athlete isn't on their path, but hey, there's another option that is related right. to athletics mm-hmm. and it's related to collegiate sports and things like that, mm-hmm. that, you know, it is very fruitful and, and rewarding and, and very obviously legitimate of adding value to these, these kids' lives and things like that. So, you know, thanks for sharing that. Oh, uh, yeah. what, what you said, what you said, Brandon, is right on the money. And that's why I never get into the whole collegiate first question asked to the first for the freshman class hey who wants to go to nfl and everybody in the room raised their hand like yeah all right because that's not the case they just right. in that thing and they just feel like they're obligated to raise their hand and say they want to go to nfl but for me people that, that a person that wanted to go to nfl a person that's seen people in the nfl coached in the nfl had a father in the nfl no 
because your actions are going to follow what your words, you know, what you truly want. That's number true. one. And, you know, so for me, like I've always said, like some of the, some of the, I guess what I said, some of the best, I guess what I say, um, I don't know, grateful or whatever moments that you're going to have or those fulfillment times that you're going to have with your previous athletes. Some of them just might be in the dynamic of that guy ended up being a good father. That right. guy, you know, finding Christ. That guy ended up, you know, being a CEO. That guy ended up actually, you know, whatever it may be. And some of those, a lot of times, those are the, some of the best stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it's it's way bigger. The platform's way bigger than just football. It's, you know, it's it's life. It's helping athletes achieve their goals, whether it's on the field, off the field, but it's helping make them better people. That's what we strive to do on both ends. That's what we have in common. We want to make people better people. That's why we're in this industry. No doubt. Yeah. Well, I love it. I'm sure everyone out there will really enjoy it. Um, again, if, if you think this message resonates with, with someone that you know, like please send it to them. Uh, we just want to get uh, some different stories out of the industry out there and, and, and share some different perspectives and, and journeys because as everyone is, is really figuring out, like everyone's journey is unique. Like there's no linear path from point A to point B. <laughs> it's always different. So again, Jeremy, shout out. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll definitely have you back in the, in the future, probably season two, talk a little bit more recruiting maybe. But uh, again, just a huge shout out and appreciation for everything you shared. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you. God bless. Thank you, Jerry. Have a great day. Anyways, as always, uh, appreciate you listening out there. Uh, Go ahead and share with a friend. Uh, If you can leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast or Spotify, it always helps people find us as we grow it and just want to share more athlete stories. So anyways, we'll probably be back with an athlete, so make sure to stay subscribed, and we'll talk to you all soon. Take care.